GM, GM, everybody, happy Friday. We've made hey. it to the end of the week. Hey, Betty, how are you? Hey. Good, it's Fellas Friday over here. Fellas Friday. Yep. Shout out to the Horde. All right, all right. For those who didn't know, this is a huge show today. We've got Betty, the founder of Dead Fellows, one of the most exciting IP content NFT projects in all of Web3, maybe the world. One of the most interesting, one of the most forward thinking, one of the most active, one of the most creative out there. And over the course of the next hour or so, we're going to talk through how it started, how to think about creating decentralized projects like this, some of the collabs that Betty and the team have been doing, some of the content, some of the issues, some of the challenges that she's been facing over the last few years with the project. So very, very excited to have you here, Betty. Before maybe, we get started- Maybe we're getting some alpha, maybe? Some alpha. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> I, I, I'm here for the alpha. I mean, honestly, Diego, I'm just here for you. I mean, we, you know, we live 20 <laughs> minutes away. We don't get to see each other. This is the only time we get to see each other every week, despite being neighbors. But, but apart from that, guys, if you're out there in the world, please do jump into the chat. There are links for the Q&A. There's going to be live Q&A at the end with Betty. Anything you want to ask about dead fellas, about NFTs, about Web3, about Australians, about LA, any of those questions, please drop them in the chat or drop them into the link that Diego is sending through now. Also, give us your GMs. Let us know where you are in the world, your GMs, your BDs, your BPs. Boa Pascua. Happy Easter. Maybe your GDs. Good days. How do you, oh how do you GM in Australia? We draw the line. We draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone too far. GM, GM is universal. I'm happy with that. <laughs> All right, then. Done. But it's been laid down. GMs, everybody, let us know where you're coming in from. And let's get started. Betty, for those people who don't know you, please give us a quick introduction. Tell us who you are, where you are, and a little bit about Deadfellas. How did you get it started and, and what have you been up to? Sure. Um, so if you don't know me and you are listening, hello, it's nice to meet you. I am Betty. I um, am the founder, co-founder and CEO of Deadfellas. Um, slash DFC Labs now. We have expanded exponentially over the last uh, couple of years, which is very exciting. Um, Deadfellas started primarily as an NFT brand. Um, we launched Friday the 13th of August, 2021. Um, we have been kind of just <laughs> heads down building in this space since then. And it's been incredible. Um, it was started as uh, an answer, basically. I saw what was going on uh, with this PFP movement um, early 2021, and it was very fascinating to me. This, the social aspect of it was was the most fascinating. I think the uh, the way that it was being used as as a digital identity tool um, in online spaces was was really incredible. I thought and. Um, communities were forming around the idea of using these PFPs online. I just found it so interesting, but I didn't see anything that I wanted to use. I didn't see anything that had a community that I wanted to participate in or really felt like I had a place in. So I thought, you know what, I'll make it because that is my background. Um, Deadfellas was founded by my husband, Psych, and I together. He is the artist um, and I'm the the everything else. <laughs> um I brought it to him and I was like, let's do this. Uh, this is our skill set. This is what we're good at. He'd already been releasing NFTs um, with his digital art for 
couple months prior and so we just we just did it and it's been the best thing ever it's evolved into something that I knew it was going to be but I don't think other people quite foresaw where the industry was going I think back then it was more like oh you've released profile pictures um as you know (laughs) nfts um but that's definitely not where it stops and you know it's just the the things that we're building now are amazing and solve real world problems um in industries so i'm i'm really excited absolutely absolutely love to hear that and we're going to get into the full spectrum of what the dead fellas project has become you know from a husband and wife team of nft pfps into what it is now which is which is huge for those people who haven't seen the iconography or for those people listening on the podcast Give us a little bit of a flavor of of the the dead fellas inspiration. You know, where did it come from? You know, clearly there's a lot of green, there's a lot of un, undead related <laughs> themes there. Where's that coming from? So there's a there's a few things, and it's a combination of a few things. Um, it's quite the the theming of the collection is quite visceral and nostalgic in that it kind of brings you back to things that incite real emotional responses. So music, comics, TV shows, fashion, um, you know, different subcultures uh, in in society. It's all of that. Um, we're big fans of 80s and 90s animation. We're fans of um, drag and various types of music and all of this stuff. Horror and the spooky kind of macabre thing that society has been obsessed with since forever. You know, when you look back at um, at human history, it's always a theme where we've always held it as part of our culture. No matter where you're from, there are ghost stories and everyone kind of loves to be like a little bit, a little bit freaked out. You know, it, it just, it's, it holds that counterculture in its, uh, in its DNA. I feel the aesthetic, which I, I think honestly represents the space very well, because that is essentially what is happening um, in Web3 it's challenging so many systems and and ways of doing things and ways of being. And I, I just feel like that is, is really great. It, it kind of encapsulates everything that's going on. Um, zombies, because you know what? I love, I love zombies. <laughs> Who doesn't love zombies? <laughs> no, exactly. And that, that is something else I found really interesting that, that zombie trope, the way that when it was brought into pop culture from folklore, it was it was just immediately embraced and it's been a mainstay um in in culture forever and i just thought thought well we need that we need that in web3 so here we are there we go and for those people listening in who still can't put that picture together in their heads just go to the dead fellas twitter or webpage <laughs> and just go check out the artwork diego's been scrolling it for us on screen for the people watching live um, but do go check it out. Some of the, the artwork is absolutely top notch. It's super creative. There's, there's, there's a lot to it. I'll leave it there rather than trying to keep describing it out loud. Diego, when you first saw Dead Fellas come out, when you first saw the project, relative to what else was going on at the time, what was your kind of first reaction? How did you, how did you react to, to the content? I was stoked, you know, I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot of, especially throughout that time, a lot of projects coming with, you know, either just literally copy paste, right? A lot of uh, some of them com- kind of like building on top of what was already existing, you know, so like ape, whatever, or any other type of animal or any other thing. And everything was sort of like falling short to me. 
uh, and once you know, I've seen I've seen uh, the artwork, especially, and I've been you know, I chat with, with Betty and, and and the team early early on uh, when we first get to know each other, and I sort of like saw their vision behind it. And I was really stoked, you know. And I have good friends, uh, you know, from from Adidas, uh, also Australians. Uh, shout out to them, uh, <laughs> Sam and and, and Stace. And they are like very, very, very much into it, right? So they were the ones that pretty much like red filled me big time on like the whole concept, the whole, all, all what Betty just said, they, they sort of like have, have been telling me for a while. So I always found the product, the project really, really excited. Don't sleep Thank on you. Web3 in Australia, guys. Honestly, with, with this, <laughs> with Illuvium as well, probably the biggest game in, in the whole of Web3 right now. Aussie founders are doing big things out here. Don't, don't, don't sleep on it. No, they really do. Australians, I feel like Australia, creators in Australia, they almost have something to prove because we are so isolated from the rest of the world. And, and obviously online opens you up to everything, but it's like at the same time, there really is that um, you've got to kind of prove something feeling. And I, I feel like Australian creatives listening would agree with me. It's like, I don't know, but there's so much brilliance that comes out of Australia. We are not in Australia anymore. We did move to LA, so. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. We what moved... happened? Tell well, us. Well, honestly, it was the decision made itself. Uh, we were we were struggling a lot on the Australian time zone. Um, I was working around the clock. I was, you know, in meetings at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., like on my driveway in my car so I wouldn't wake my kids up catching all these time zones and all of our partners and um, collaborators just all over the world. So I'd, I'd have to try, I was chasing time zones for nearly two years and that, you know what, you cannot survive as a human being doing that. Um, I also have three young children and, you know, this, this giant company to run. So it just wasn't working. Um, and so we moved and since moving I mean, there's a few more reasons, obviously, um, structurally as a company, it generally is just a, a bit easier for us here in the US. But um, yeah, it's been so much better, so much smoother and, and more efficient since being here. So I'm very pleased with the decision. So you've gone from being a, a kind of representative zombie to being an actual zombie and to now being in LA, which, yeah. which is, as Not everyone knows, is human again. <laughs> very good for me and a part of like the, the obviously the personal element of it which which i was familiar with because a lot of times we had really really late meetings right uh and i remember we trying to sort of like find find ways to connect uh i i also for me from from the outside just felt that was also another way for you to deliver against the the, the vision obviously you know being closer to to entertainment to the center of you know culture when it comes to to big franchises hollywood and all of that right did that play a role as well for you in the back end or or it really was mostly did. because no it really did it really mm. did entertainment and media i see as a really big big um proponent of the ip that we've created um in terms of its legitimacy as as a brand and as as a vehicle for storytelling um obviously entertainment and media is is a tool to be able to get that out to people in a meaningful way I'm all about emotional responses. And so it's like, okay, where do I go? Obviously Los Angeles, right? Um, we're represented by United Talent. We work really closely with them um, on a lot of really amazing things. And yeah, like I said, it's just been so efficient. We've, the in-person meetings that we're able to have and the way that we're able to be way more nimble on the ground here is, um, 
is just really great. Can I can I take a beat on that one? The the, the United Talent. Yeah, this is a, this is an NFT project, right? Started as PFP art, but now has is now represented <laughs> by a talent agency. Talk yeah. us through that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, a lot of the talent agencies uh, here are are doing similar things with with a very very small amount of of brands, and it's mostly individuals, artists, you know that that are being represented um, across across the, the talent space. But yeah, Deadfellas was taken and signed by United Talent. Um, by when I say that, we we really, we were more collaborators. You know, it's not like a, people imagine the relationship between um, agencies and, and companies like ours to be quite um, different to the reality. The reality is um, they eat what they kill and so we work really well together. They're able to completely cut through um, industries that we don't have reach into quite yet, or maybe those industries are not in Web3 quite yet, don't really understand what's going on. They're able to kind of translate what's happening. Um, and and through that, we've, we've been able to build some just incredible things and really shepherd a lot of brands into this space effectively. Um, Something that I really, really love about working with, especially United Talent, is they have a dedicated Web3 department. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie Silverman, who heads up that department, is just brilliant. And the agents on that team are brilliant. They're all very, very much in the space. So they understand it just implicitly. Um, and the other clients that are that in their roster also, it's just like a big family. Everyone's kind of on the same page. And I really, really love that. Yeah, I love our relationship with them. Um, shout out Leslie. What, what does that sort of what does that relationship look like then? You know, it's it's kind of you know lunchtime on a Wednesday, and Leslie sort of sends you a text saying, um, "Do you want to do something with Disney?" Or um, you know, Alec Baldwin just called. He loves your work and wants to do a thing. Uh, is, is that how it goes? Or that's that can be how it goes. It can use it can be also like we we loop them into most things that we're doing. They understand the lay of the land in terms of where we are at, what we're building, what is coming, the overall vision, everything, so that they can identify key opportunities to amplify that or to, you know, embellish that or to make it way more effective. Um, so that can also look like me identifying something that I want to do and being like, okay, cool. So who could they possibly know or what? how could I make this bigger or better? um or more effective and and it works that way and then obviously we loop in our PR team as well and it just works like one big beautiful symbiotic machine really it's nice it's a nice way to work I I very rarely hear people talk that way about their agencies so I dig I don't know if you, you've got kind of similar stories of working with agencies before but I, I think it's inspiring to hear now that Think, think of think of Deadfellas as IP, right, or as a brand in its own right. These are brand partnerships. These are collaborations. And obviously, I'm sure the Deadfellas team will have their own BD team. But then, you know, these agencies have their own network of relationships and clients and industry links, which, again, can only accelerate those sorts of collabs and partnerships. You know, have you seen that done well elsewhere, or is that something that you experienced when you were at Adidas? I mean, it's, it's, I think, <laughs> I'm just taking a, a, big, a big breath. Uh, I think that, I think, you know, I don't know the team that Betty works with, but that sort of like description of then understanding the space changes the entire mindset already, right? The, the classic 
model on which you have talent and agent. The agent represents the talent, but the agency per se is taking, you know, a big stake or, or always sort of like most of the time looking into how to monetize that, uh, you know, obviously in a manner that they take the most advantage. It's, it's pretty similar with, uh, you know, the sort of like the music industry, right? And I think that by the fact, as Betty is mentioning against, I, I, I don't know the team, but by the fact that they understand the space and they're sort of like native to that, that might change the entire way of thinking, which changed the entire relationship, which changed the entire value proposition, right? So I think that what we are seeing with talent agents, with, uh, you know, music or even with like big brand partnership and, and Adidas is a good example, especially when you look at the smart contract from Into the Metaverse, where the, the, the mint and the royalties were shared equally with the partners as well. Right, so Pixel Vault, uh, G Money, and 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 Yuga have taken you know the same share as Adidas within the revenue streams within that project, and and so it it still is the same, even though now there is almost like a relaunch of into the metaverse. So I think that when you work with people that deeply understand what we are trying to do, what we are building, the model of Web three as its early stage, and the cultural sort of like relevance that is perceived from the outside, especially from the community when it comes you know, into those partnerships, you have an entire different spectrum on how these relationships are, right? And I think we are, we are writing the playbook right now. I don't think that it was ever done before. I think that you know, early stage projects or partnerships for, for a better word uh, as, as that fellas and, and, and this is, is, a, is a case which is writing sort of like the playbook for whoever's coming next. So it's extremely important to you know, sort of like have a stance on this conversation, especially when it comes to brand partnership, we we should touch on that a little bit because that fellas has done some great, amazing brand partnerships as well. But you know, like as a creator within a certain a, such a new space, I think that having a stance and taking a stance of this is meant to be a win-win-win rather than you know just a classic web two, web one, web zero relationship that we have ever been used to. I think uh, you know is extremely exciting, especially when you look five, ten years from now for young, you know, young creators or other people coming to the space. Yeah, I agree. I totally let's, agree. Let's let's jump into the actuals. Let's jump into the reels because I know obviously Wrangler was one of the brands that you guys collabed with. I'd be interested to know some of the other brands and then maybe some of the ones that you didn't end up collabing with. Let talk us through some examples of some of the partnerships that you have done so far that you're proud of or that you thought were, were you know, were really interesting in that way. We've done, I mean, brand collaborations is something that I feel we do really well and we're very strong at. And I I take a lot of pride in being able to guide brands into this space in a way that makes sense for the brand, but also, you know, really does a lot of wonders for, for the space as well. Um, I think that it's all about providing use cases that solve real problems. So um, in that case, it's like, all right, so we, we worked with, for example, DraftKings on their fantasy football league that is on chain, uh, which is the the Rainmakers project. Um, and it, it's really, really fun. It's, it's essentially fantasy football, but but on chain, which is, you know, does solve many problems with, with the current fantasy fo- football model. Um, and we were able to work with the NFLPA and use their IP and use their players and turn them into dead fellas for this really amazing release. And it was, that is completely crazy to me to have a brand that is so new and to be just like, okay, you, we're working with the NFLPA now. Cool. Um, that's, so. <laughs> that's completely crazy. But 
um, it did better than any of their previous releases. Um, and I think that speaks to knowing the audience and being able to engage people within um, within certain certain environments that are very into it, but you know, are just waiting to be engaged. And it's the same thing with um, the Chicago Bulls logo reimagining. That was just amazing. Um, and then the Wrangler collab was was very very fun. The Wrangler collab was a surprising one to me, um, and it and Diego will know this very well. Where you've got within a company a, a couple of people that know Web three very well, and those people are like the spokespeople for Web three within that company, and they try their best to like, you know, navigate that company. And so the the people within Wrangler that understand Web three did it very very well that translating to the company, um, and and when we were approached to to do a collab, I was I was really expecting uh, a lot of pushback to ideas or you know not very creative ideas or innovative ideas but actually it was the complete opposite we were the ones that were like no guys I think we need to pull it back a little bit we'll do this we'll do this um anyway we we came to a really great place with uh with how we chose to activate that collaboration which was um we we had it in a few parts the first was um we created a comic strip uh, on online that was created in real time by an artist on our team, Leon Lee, who is just a wonderful artist. If you're not familiar with his work, definitely check him out on Twitter. Um, he he created this imagining of dead fellas uh, in a in a Wrangler world, um, and we wrote this story, but we wrote it with the community in the the way of choose your own adventure. Like if you've read Goosebumps books as a kid, I don't know if anyone remembers that. Oh but God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, was, awesome. that was a really amazing, uh, that was a really amazing part of my childhood. I loved it. I love Goosebumps. I love choose your own adventure. And that interactivity was, um, was really fun to bring to this. So we had people choose the next step. Like what should this character do in this step? Uh, where should she go? And we gave them options and they would choose. And we wrote this story in real time. The comic strip would be created in real time, which was honestly an amazing feat that Leon was able to pull off. I cannot believe, but it went really well. And then the people that interacted with it and helped, um, helped create this story were then put into a raffle where people won this undead denim that you can see here. It's um, vintage Wrangler denim that was chipped with NFC chips. So it identifies um, the, the piece of clothing itself on chain and also contains the comic strip that the community created with us, the story of, of uh, dead fellas in this Wrangler world. I think what's so special about this is it does solve a problem. Having vintage clothing uh, like this verified on chain will solve a lot of problems in the fashion industry. And I think just showcasing it in a really fun way um, including the community and giving them a lot of power in terms of the narrative was really just really fun all around for everyone involved. Um, we then got to design um, a Wrangler jacket that was released on their on their website. Um, and that relationship is ongoing because we love them and they love us and we had a really fun time and it, that's great. So that's all you can really hope for, right? <laughs> That's very cool, and and it's it's you're you're touching on a whole bunch of different things there, right? Because it, it, at first look, it's art. You're experimenting with art for brand illumination or for awareness, or just to demonstrate that a brand's stretching itself in new interesting ways. You're then using the digital online on online on chain 
linked to a particular piece of clothing, which again may have its own unique value or may just have its own novelty value. But again, that's demonstrating innovation from the product side for Wrangler, but then also adding a little bit of extra in terms of the artwork and the creativity. So for a brand, I think that's super. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was really, really great. It was really great. Um, and I look forward to doing more things like that with brands. Um, and we we are, so that's really fun. Um, another thing we did really early on was uh, we were able to reimagine uh, Giuseppe Zanotti's Cobra sneaker as like a digital wearable and have that in Metaverse Fashion Week, which was fun last year. Um, we worked with Steve Aoki on some really cool merch that we did together. Um, which was nice because Steve did uh, a set for us in Decentraland for Halloween 2021, um, which was a really fun thing to activate. We're all about um, experimenting, really. And I think finding problems that need fixing or addressing and, and just doing it in a really fun way. Love that. Let's, Love let's that. talk a little bit about the business model for a second, because what you know as, at the very beginning of the show you said you know that we've now grown into we have we've gone from being a you know husband and wife team we have now artists on the books we have a talent agency we have a labs team that, that's, that's building out that's experimenting that's growing out right i mean i went through the list you know you've got the the og pfps you've got front-facing voxels holograms 3d streaming avatars there's going to be a dow as well yeah how, how have you grown this business and how does how does that work in practice for other people who don't really know how <laughs> NFT business works. Yeah, um, I, it's it can be a daunting thing and I can understand why people look at that landscape and they're like, oh my gosh, because that's it's a lot to take in, it really is. Um, you just start somewhere and you you lead with intention and uh, remain mission-driven, which is what Deadfellas is. We always had the intention of growing to this size and well beyond. Um, so we always had that in our mind of where we wanted to be and have taken active steps to get there, pivoted where we've needed to um, and evolved where we've needed to as well, which has been fun because when you're in this industry, the tech is evolving at a, an insane speed. So things all of a sudden are possible that were not possible like four months ago, which is just a crazy a crazy thing to be, uh, to be building within. I always liken it to building um, a strong structural foundation in, in a children's ball pit um, that is... <laughs> that is kind of building in web three. Um, but yeah, we, we just scale to, to what we need to, to build. A lot of the time we have these ideas and the tech doesn't exist, the structure doesn't exist or it's never been done before. So we build to that and, and think, okay, well, we'll create that, which is, um, so our DAO product is kind of an example of that. Um, we see a real gap in the world for true creator economies that benefit the creator um, in, a, in a way that also benefits the consumer and the community and you know, activating that idea of the fan um, and translating it into something new that benefits the person that's even interacting with the art. Like there, there are so many different uh, relationships within those systems that are not acknowledged. And I think that looking at that is going to benefit not only individual artists, but brands. I think that that is a really, really big opportunity for brands that isn't quite understood. You know, when, when you're looking at rewarding people for participating or engaging, what does that even mean? And how do people even tackle that problem right now? 
Um, that's what we're doing. We're building out the structural framework for that, not just for us, but for the space in general, um, which is very exciting. We have verticals that I've never spoken about or even hinted about um, that I'm really excited about too. Um, we're just which very, very busy. Can you list that again? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, we've got, when you look at traditional brand building, we've got where you would imagine us to be. So uh, media and entertainment and fashion and all of that stuff, that's it's the obvious thing to be doing. So we are doing those, some in very big ways um, that we haven't publicly spoken about yet, which is very exciting. And then we've got the Web3 side where we're building out structural framework to benefit the industry and the space, brands coming in, artists emerging, all of that, which is very cool. Um, and then we have other industries like gaming. I, we should talk about gaming because I feel like that is another huge value prop of this of this tech and this industry. Um, in that, it, it's a it's an untapped area of of huge growth. You know, people have built entire careers around streaming their gameplay, which is a wild thing to think about when it's you incredible. think about 10 years ago, if you'd have been saying that, like that, you know, like what, you know, this idea of user generated content and the way that that isn't, um, isn't really being attributed to the creator in a way that benefits them as it should, like it is the platform and the game and the content that they're even streaming. There are so many things to look at. Um, that could be on chain and so many problems to solve. So we're, we're kind of doing them in fun ways as we go. Um. <laughs> and, and we've seen what, like nine, $10 billion worth of capital invested in web three gaming alone in the last 12 months, that's going to take mm -hmm. some time to filter through, right? So game development cycles are 12, 24 months. Some of that, some of the first amount of that 10 billion is going to go on something that's complete trash and it's going to come out and it's going to be worse <laughs> than what we have already. And that's okay. But you know, if even half of that, amount goes on creating really interesting IP, really embedded with kind of web, web three principles of interoperability or interconnectivity, or that IP like Deadfellas can be ported, plugged in to enhance the experience, then, then we're gonna start getting some of those, those features, some of those experiences, some of those content creator benefits that, that you've described there, which I think yeah. is super exciting. I mean, there's so many aspects to think about, um, but I think there's a lot of really amazing stuff that's being built that's ready to experience now. Like World Wide Web is a pixel-based metaverse and it's usable right now in a fun way. Like it is a fun game and it's a metaverse and that those two things don't really go together very often right now. <laughs> that's yeah. the case with that. And you can go in there and you can be your dead fella and you can play sick games with the community. You can have it streamed through Discord. It is so, so fun. Um, I'm very, very bullish on that team. I love that team. But then there's other there's other metaverses as well that have these gamified aspects to them that I really love. On Cyber is one of them. I think they're amazing. I love Jadu. I think that, um, you know, what other side is doing is is very, very bullish. I, I support game developers in this space because I see it as the future and I'm I'm readying my brand and community for that actively so over the last year or two everything that we've been doing is iterating on dead fellas like okay so you own this you own this asset this idea of digital ownership of uh, a token or a piece of art cool what does that even mean to to most people if i say to you you can create anything with this 
awesome but like what are you gonna do i don't personally know how to animate things i don't know how to like get my dead fella and drop it into a a metaverse like that's insane you can't expect the individual to proliferate a brand if they don't have the tools um and so that's what we're doing giving giving people the tools and resources so they've got pixel fellas they've got voxel fellas 3d chibis are on the way fully rigged um We've got facial, facially responsive 2D streaming fellas so people can be their dead fella in stream, on Zooms, like whatever they want. They can create GIFs, Reacts, emotes, anything. Um, so it's all about just giving people the power to really play with the assets that they own and take them wherever they go online, where whatever they're doing, which I think is what people should be looking to do. You know, I should I should be able to be a dead fella in a video game. Say I, we just recently um, been integrated into 10KTF, which is another project that I really love. I should be able to craft something in 10KTF, take it into any video game. Uh, I should be able to sell that asset um, to someone else who can then take it to wherever they're going. It, it's uh, it's all about that. So I'm, I'm bullish on all of it. And I, I, we have kind of this balance where we're, actively building things ourselves and supporting builders at the same time and all of that is kind of cliche but whatever i'm a walking cliche right now and i don't care <laughs> <laughs> and and more power to you for being that but uh, you've just outlined the amount of i guess work that still needed to be done to be able to enable some of these things right you've you've basically created five or six variations on a single a single asset single piece of ip to allow yeah. others to do with it as they will. And I think that releasing, continuing to release NFTs is a is a good thing when you've got um, actual use for those NFTs. But for us, um, I didn't see extensions on a single person's dead fella as a need to release more NFTs. So rather than releasing them or dropping them or having them as claims, they just travel with the dead fella. So they're files that live on IPFS. So when you say you go buy a dead fella, you have access to what you see that you've bought, but you also have access to all of the different iterations of that fella. You can use it however you want. Those are not sellable or tradable separately to the token. It just travels with it. And I think that that is very important. And I don't know that I've seen really anyone else expand on, on the IP that they are selling people um, as much as we have, which I do, but I do think you will start to see it. I was just about to say that I haven't seen I haven't seen any other project that kept delivering against one one asset, if you will. Uh, instead, you know, you get I'm I'm a Pixel Vault holder from very long time, but they make my life really hard by printing NFTs at scale all the time, right? And like a lot of them don't necessarily sort of like fit within that uh, you know ecosystem, or or don't necessarily uh, you know sort of like add any value at least so far as they keep building the other things they're building on the back and you know yuga i think is the only the only one that was able so far to sort of like create extensions and keep airdropping and i think i've seen a number now that there's about forty thousand or thirty-five five thousand nfts within yuga's ecosystem uh excluding obviously the acquisitions but you know they were the only brand that were able so far to do that and 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 keep the value and keep the community engaged Everyone else that kept just sort of like printing new NFTs or, or you know, doing new mints for, for revenue or for whatever had like really hard time so far, right? And you guys went sort of like the other way around, right? You, you kept 
adding value to one existing asset, uh, you know, that value can make sense. And as you're saying, solves business problems because then you can go and expand into other places and bring the so-called interoperability in a, in a different manner that you're allowing, you know, the, the holder to, to go to different platforms or to do different things within its own similar identity or same identity, right? Which is the most exciting thing because if you are uh, identifying yourself with that specific NFT as your identity, the, the least thing you want to do is to start adding many other things to that, right? You want to be able to express that identity everywhere else you go, regardless that being Voxel, regardless that being Hi-Fi or, or any other type of, uh, you know, um, artwork that that the platform that you want to go uh, supports. So I find that really exciting. I I I might sign on under what you just said that you know I haven't seen any other community doing doing that sort of like uh, opposite way, if you will. I think that a lot of times from a business pers perspective might sound less sustainable or not necessarily as sexy as keep just giving value or a lot of times just money to the community so they're happy to stick around. But I think on the long term is going to keep the community being sort of like that die hard, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> connection with, with the brand because that's, you know, what they're going to end up identifying themselves with. So I find that really exciting and, and really ref refreshing as well to see. Thank you. I mean, it's all about self-sovereignty and decentralization of opportunity and use, right? Like, again, going back to, to the point of, um, not of people just not having the the skills and the tools i don't want my web3 to look like only very skilled people within certain industries can access or utilize these nfts in meaningful ways i want this to be for everyone um obviously there's limitation to access in terms of the tech that you need to even participate like you definitely need um a computer or a phone or you know that sort of thing I, that's a gap that I would like to help close. But um, in terms of everything else, I'm, we're trying our best to kind of give people equal access to to being able to really, really play around with these things in, in ways that benefit them. And we see that already. I mean, we've seen it in really amazing ways over the last two years without us even giving anything to anyone because nothing was ready. If, especially in the first year, people create around this IP in incredible ways. Um, which does proliferate the brand the brand and and i think that when you're looking at brand building in web3 you do need to see it as a co-creation so it's like yeah we have to make moves to survive as a company and to generate revenue that you know validates as even being around but at the same time um how do we support and help the community that are co-creating it with us and and how do we we benefit them um i know that everyone screams like when utility and it was like a meme in the first year especially because there was no utility because <laughs> these things for everyone um, just popped up. Um, but yeah, when you say, when you when we think like, why have we chosen to go this route? I think it's just to give people that, that utility um, because it, it's needed for the next step for us. Like this creator economy that we're fleshing out and structuring, um, why would we even have that if people don't have the means to create? You know, so it's like step by step and maybe the whole picture doesn't make sense to people outside of it just yet, um, but it makes complete sense to us and we're very proud of where we're going and where we've come so far. It's super cool as well because you're looking into utility from a different angle, right? A lot of times when 
when people say utility, what they really want is money, right? Especially, especially, <laughs> especially the 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 early, still early and niche and small uh, Web three community that is a lot of times focused on 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 that actual value, right? And uh, once you start providing utilities in other manners, you start sort of like filtering down who actually wants to stick around to build and is passionate about it and is creative. I think that stands against again. The, the, the actual sort of like core vision that you had from the very beginning uh, when you created, right? And, and well, the background you, you guys have. And I think that that makes tons of sense from a strategy perspective, perspective as well. I agree. And keeping it, I mean, keeping it mission driven, knowing where you're going and where you've come from and what you intend to do is so important. So I've always seen us as a, a culture brand and an identity product, essentially. We're a digital identity product. Um, that is what we're doing online and and so how do we how do we build to that you know keeping that in mind with everything that we're doing is so important um and it, it keeps people aligned as well you know there's so many metrics that you can look at when you're looking at nft projects online that are part of these bigger brands um and something that i always look to is unique holders and uh amount listed and time held we have access to all that data. Time held is very, very interesting to me. Uh, we have one of the highest retention rates uh, in this space. We have one of the highest percentages of unique holders I've ever seen. And our listing rate kind of goes between two and 3% of the collection at any given time being available, which is very, very low and just kind of speaks to the way that although we're kind of still building under this, this bedrock of you know, cryptocurrency, which is very turbulent. And mm. as we know, the markets are just completely wild um, at times to, to be in at all. Um, we have this, this stable metric to look at and be like, okay, so who's leaving? Who's joining? Why are they holding? How many dead fellas do they hold? How do they interact with that dead fella? And to me, that all points to a very, very strong brand um, building to the intention that we started out with. So I'm honestly very proud of where we're at now and and where we've come uh and and i really am so excited for everyone to see like the the greater picture of what we're building out as we're allowed to talk about it more awesome super stoked for that too just so for sake of time anthony we've got 15 minutes left we have a lot of things to do still where do we start from <laughs> As if you don't know, for those who are still new to the show, we do a at least one meme review every week. There is usually a POAP at a time which you least expect it, usually towards the end of the show for retention. Don't hate us. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there is a Q&A. Um, say, say the game. Let's, <laughs> the game's the game, guys. I'm sorry. That's how the it is. is the game. We, we want you to stay. We want to create great content for you, but but yeah. And there will, there will be utility around the pop-ups coming soon. We are working hard in the background with a couple of exciting things. It's, it's not dead fellas yet, sorry, but we are trying to create a few interesting um, collabs or a few interesting things for you, the right quick save the world community as part of these pop-ups. So you're not collecting them for nothing. We support you guys supporting us. So we're going to do our best to give back in every way we can. So leave that with us. Meme review. All right, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Betty, the, the format here is we will put up a meme on screen and basically 
how do you feel about it? Right. We had to go the zombie theme meme for those that you can't see on, on, the, on the podcast. We have the, the, the corporate zombie here saying zombies are good people. Why? They don't care about gender, sexuality, race, etc. They eat everyone equally. I love this. This is a great meme. <laughs> I laugh because it's lame. Um, so that's my, my rating is five out of 10. It has five a good social message, but it's not funny. <laughs> Fair enough. But it did give us the opportunity to segue into an important question around what does a dead fellows meetup look like? Because we have seen no end of the crypto bro, drunken break dancing culture <laughs> out there representing the NFT art IP scene very poorly of late. And as a female founder, as somebody who values diversity and inclusion as, as part of the overall story, tell us a little bit about how you at Deadfellas are thinking about that. What does an event look like with you guys? How are you doing it differently? Our events kind of look like a utopia of humanity. It's just <laughs> <laughs> setting the bar high. I've been, I've been to two and I can, I can, I can sign under that. <laughs> no, honestly, it, it really is. Like I got emotional at the first Dead Fellas event because I, I had been, um, it was at NFT NYC last year and I had been at all of these different events. And then I was very nervous about what was going to happen at the dead fellas event i was trying to get people to come out to brooklyn um when everyone else was in manhattan and i was like oh i don't know if, i don't know what's gonna happen here but thousands of people came and it was this just gorgeous amalgamation of everyone you know all genders different ages different races it was just so beautiful and and so nice to see. And you could tell that other people were happy about it. Like I could, you could, you could like feel the relief and the euphoria of being around each other. It kind of felt, it was static. It was like electric, the atmosphere. And um, I feel that way when I go to any Deadfellas event, I like look around and I'm like, gosh, how incredibly lucky are we to have access to this, but to, to be able to create this together with all of these people, um, that is encouraging. It's just, it's amazing. And when people come to these events, especially brands like, cause, and a lot of them come without us even inviting them or they're part of the community or whatever. <coughs> and they come and they're like, wow, this, this is what web three can be. And I think that is my version of web three. And it's not what is happening across the board right now. Um, and that's fine. I think there's a place for everything. And I think that brands, you know, when we talk about like the bro downs and the shoeys and all that, like <laughs> good, for, good for them if they know their audience and that's what they're doing, like all props to them. You know, brand building is essentially about knowing your audience. So like, I got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. You're building a strong brand around something that you clearly know very well. And that's really great. Um, it isn't for me and it's not my web three. And so I'm, I'm quite happy kind of building something out that looks more representative of, uh, of the people that I want in our community. And, uh, and it, it's just, it's just so great. And it's honestly a very amazing achievement because when you look at the demographics of who participates in this space, like <laughs> statistically, you would not expect that many like women or non-binary people to show up, but you know, they do. So the crossover of technology and finance was never a great starting point, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It starts from the beginning, though. Like, Deadfellas itself was designed around being gender ambiguous and and as an answer to what was going on with the quite bro-y environment. So started from its inception. And that's super powerful because you've you've created or you and the team have created that. And it's it's for other people to take note because the the tone of voice, the artwork, the messaging, the communication on social all contribute to who's attracted by this project. Is the tone aggressive and masculine? Is the tone neutral and open? Is the artwork representative of a particular kind of color palette or ethos? All of that kind of leads together. And was that was that deliberate or did that just kind of flow from you and the team as you went through it? Um, it is who I am in general anyway, but it, it was very, very deliberate. Um, I have spent many years outside of creative production, working directly with communities um, locally and nationally and, and online, um, building building communities intentionally, um, sometimes around brands, sometimes not around brands, sometimes around, um, you know, just movements. And that is something that I've brought to this space. And so when, when we're looking at um, how I talk online, that's like a big thing at the moment. I don't know why Um, Betty's so political and Betty's this and Betty's too outspoken and and all of that. It's, it's honestly, it's honestly not uh, a new thing. I have always been this way. I think that being intentional and mission driven is actually a very, uh, a very great thing because you have a brand that knows its intent and its audience is clear in the intent and is attracted because of those those things and I feel like it just strengthens a brand um the political thing people are often like don't be political and that whatnot crypto is political being in this space is political participating in the challenging of of structures that have been for for many many years is political doesn't mean you're any you know aligned with any certain party or any certain belief system um it just it just is what it is and i think that that is a great thing you're all even by listening here and and participating in this right now in, you're inquiring into what could be what what could be outside of what we know what what challenges the status quo and that's political. I think that, um, you know, just acknowledging those things and, and moving with intention is, is something I'm passionate about. And I encourage other people to do it. it can be kind of scary, especially if your voice is challenging the status quo of a system, which, you know, I'm very much an anomaly in this space. And I get that. Um, I haven't, I purposely have built my brand around women in web three type thing because I don't want to be boxed into that category and never never escape um i just want to be received for my work and and dead fellas to do its thing so yeah it's absolutely uh, love that it's really interesting as well to look from you know from the inside out where you got to a position where you are at not because you've chosen to is because people decided that what you have to say is valuable and therefore they decide following you and giving you you know support because either they agree disagree or find what you have to say interesting and then out of a sudden, because you got bigger, and, and I'm talking not necessarily about you, but you know, I feel a lot of times the same way, that there is more spotlight on you. People start trying to sort of like shape the way you should say things or the, the way you should communicate because now there are more people listening. But being yourself and standing for the things you believe is what made people want to hear what you have to say for the first time, right? So it's, it's, it's just a very sometimes 
interesting spot to be at where you know out of a sudden everybody has an opinion on how you should communicate <laughs> or what you should think or how you should say and what is right and what is wrong right which is bananas because you know you didn't raise the arm and say hey i want to be like an influencer or you don't necessarily even consider yourself one i'm, I'm sure uh you know but People think that that's that's what you wanted, and that's you know you you sort of like self entitle yourself as an influencer, and it, yeah. it's just a dystopian universe where you know at the end of the day what I want to do is just talk about shit I I like and and stand for <laughs> shit I stand for, right? Like so yeah. I feel you in in a different scale obviously because we we play in different platforms and I feel LinkedIn is a little bit more forgiving than than Twitter on that sense. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting, uh, you know, sort of like relationship with the community in that sense. It really is. I agree. It's an, the intersection of being found in a space where I'm, you know, categorized as an influencer, despite being a CEO and thought leader. Um, and that is, that is my mission in this space, um, is, is crazy, but also at the same time, I do embrace it now. Like I've kind of come to terms with like, okay. So maybe I am an influencer. That's maybe that doesn't have to be hold all the negative connotations that we mm. apply to it. I can use that for really good reasons and and create a lot of impact through that. The more people that follow me online, the larger ampli amplification my message receives. So I, I honestly I kind of embrace it now, and I'm like, you know, this is where we've found ourselves. So whatever, that's fine. Let's go. Um, nice. Yeah. People, cool. people think that me and Diego are professional podcasters. And this, this is what we do all day. <laughs> you, you're not? <laughs> God damn it. No, it's funny. And people like, you know, just sometimes just, yeah, just think that the, the content we create is because we want to like build something in the background. Like, no, like all I'm trying to do is just like share with you what I've learned because if I keep for myself, <laughs> nobody else is going to win. And the only way for us to move forward is everybody can win together and we grow this thing together, right? But yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's just funny sometimes. But yeah, we pulled the pop to be claimed. Uh, I just sneaked that in while we were talking. So, buddy, if you want to claim that, uh, take your time. Uh, Anthony, I haven't seen your phone kind of sticking out, but I'm sure you did. Uh, I, I sneakily did it in the corner so you could notice. <laughs> <laughs> we are really bad on time management today. So we have a lot of questions to go through. We have three minutes left to respect everyone's time. So what I would suggest is, Betty, let's try to go like super Quick fire round. Yeah, I just gonna fire oh, then. I will share screen. Sponsored uh, by Wrangler. Quick fire round. Sharpshooting. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I'll also leave you reading it as a as a native speaker. Probably it's gonna be quicker than I, and you can shoot uh, out, and I'm just gonna take that on the on the back end. So from top bottom, uh, Sean has the first one. Okay, my two would be, was there funding allocated for the team prior to launch and what prompted the project? How did the concept of a dead fellows come to be? Uh, we received no funding at all, no. Uh, the skill set of launching a project was within our wheelhouse. Um, I am very much a communicator and a, a, a brand developer by nature. My husband is uh, an artist, creative director. We've been doing creative production for many years for um, Fortune 500 companies at a white label level. Um, and then, so we applied that we knew a couple of people, uh, that we had been working with on other NFT stuff before that, uh, could do the smart contracts and everything. So it was a very small team of just me, psych and two devs, um, 
that were paid a percentage of the the mint um and i borrowed money from my friend to register the website <laughs> so yeah. that's amazing bootstrapper yeah. big time <laughs> yeah totally um yeah so no we didn't receive any funding what prompted the project is i was fascinated with the pfp thing and i i just really wanted i saw it as a vehicle for social change and to um build outside of systems that we have currently and which is what we're doing um marks snowboarding is the perfect vehicle for nfts it's built on true community culture and fashion plus global reach why do you think they aren't that there aren't uh, more projects in snowboarding in particular um i don't know so interestingly ricky uh on my team she's in business development she is from burton so um she's expert in snowboarding um she used to work with them very closely on on essentially similar things that she does for us now and um so i'll have to ask her i think she did have a conversation with them recently <laughs> we have done a collaboration with a snowboarding company called gilson yep uh they're amazing really wonderful their supply chain is completely transparent they're really great people they unfortunately had a factory fire though so oh, when they're all sorted we'll definitely do that uh go back to them and work with them again there's another one here that does exactly that right so how did the collaboration at gilson come about and what uh what was the why behind it um so we knew that snowboarding and adventure sports were part of the interest of our community just through um being able to look at social metrics and uh the gilson team were just they just happened to be in our community and they approached us for a collaboration and we said absolutely let's go um and and we did it and it was really fun cool how do you feel about the future of pfps and ip driven projects focused on community and content still room for new projects or that fellas uh bayc and others are are it um yeah i do think that there's still a new room for new projects i think that the landscape right now is very challenging to launch into because the marketplaces that um service the space at a large level are not operating with creators best interests in minds in my opinion mm -hmm. um but i think that there's always room for new brands i think that that is the strength of an ecosystem is the ability for people to come up uh, and emerge into a space right into an industry i think that um when you're looking at um when you're looking at brands develop it's less projects more brands i think there's room for more brands i don't know about projects that you just drop and speculate love on love it let's take the last one um roadmap for that palace <laughs> <laughs> we don't do roadmaps no roadmaps okay that gives us room for one last one then uh from chris betty mentioned the open uh, the on-prem collab has led to Velocity in LA as someone in the workspace space, workplace space. I'd love uh, for her to elaborate on why she feels that it is. What's on-prem? Good question. Chris, maybe you can- uh, On-premise, on, on non-cloud-based computing. Ooh. All right, okay. So, because, so when we look at this industry, there's there's hotspots around the world um, of of activity and of people that are working together in person on things online, um, and it and it's around certain industries. And LA is just one of those hotspots. 
LA, Miami, New York are in the US. Obviously, there is um, there's so many places around the world that that have similar activity happening. Paris, Lisbon, um, all over. I'm sure you can think of many, many more at home. So don't get angry at me if I didn't call your city out. But there's hot spots of, <laughs> of activity in the world. Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles more than I wasn't last year, and that wasn't because I chose to be. It was, I just found myself here because I had to be for work. And so it was like, okay, so there's clearly something happening here. If I'm being pulled here constantly um, and now I'm here, it, it's really, I'm able to meet with people in real time. You know, people fly into LA from all over the world to work on things in this industry. And I'm here able to kind of build on that. So it's, and take advantage of it. So yeah, that's why it's great. Awesome. Cool. Let's call it a day. Betty, thank you very, very much. Uh, I know how busy you are, apart from obviously everything you're doing in the space. You have a family uh, on the background that obviously, you know, it's it's something that you're very close and, and, and busy with and many other things that I'm sure we don't know about. So thanks for making the time. Anthony, always a pleasure spending one Friday every second week with you, despite <laughs> the fact that we live in the corner and never meet. Best we can do right now until it gets better. <laughs> Super stoked for, for the community to joining. Many, many questions. Sorry that we need to cut a couple of them off just because of time. I want to be mindful of everyone's agendas. And uh, yeah, it's, it's Friday, right? Six o'clock where I am at. And I don't know what time is where you are. But thanks for joining. Super exciting. Thanks, Betty. Really a lot of, a lot of value given to us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. This has been really fun. Absolutely love the conversation, Betty. Good luck with all of the new things that are coming up. Shout to the team, shout to your agency, shout to everybody on the Horde and uh, have Thank a great you. weekend when you get there. Thanks so much. Have a good day, guys.